Welcome to the Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb 97.2, DAB and online at radioreverb.com. This is the sound of your city, Brighton's non-for-profit radio station. Okay, welcome to the June edition of the Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb. Our second show, Sam. How are we doing? Really good, really good. Really excited after the last show went down so well on Fertility. We had a great response to that. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, really did. It was brilliant. Carol was awesome, as always, and it was uh, yeah, a great way to kick things off. So, yeah, I've had some great feedback as well. So, yeah, looking forward to delving in this month. I know. I mean, we're doing another taboo subject today. That we are. That we We've are. We've got a theme, haven't we, Sam? <laughs> We've got we a theme. Have, we have got a theme, and it's good, and we're, and we're sticking to it. Look, we wanted to create a pla- uh, platform for people to discuss these taboo subjects and that's what we're we're trying to do and we're sticking with that theme we're sticking with it also just supporting people to have difficult conversations Mm. and looking at it through that lens of an employee or an employer so whoever's listening hopefully there's something that you can take away from this show that is relevant for you whether it's to lobby your employer for better rights or policies or conversations or if you are an employer or business owner like how you can support your staff yeah, absolutely. Well, look, before we jump into that, just tell me what's been, what's been happening. Oh, it's all go. It's all go. We had, um, we've been on the BBC Radio Sussex with the single sessions, nice. talking all things dating. So the girls from the show are actually coming on our singles night this month. So that's going to be fun. Awesome. Feeling the pressure, Sam. I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> and then we've been having an ace time out with Connected Brighton, helping people make friends as adults and expanding your social circle through supporting local. We had this awesome private movie night on Palace Pier with deck chairs, little bags of popcorn, blankets, watching The Breakfast Club with the seagulls. It was just corking. Just absolutely loved it. Just having a lovely time running around the city doing lovely things, basically. How about you? What's been going on? <laughs> it's, it's fun. I've got to come to more more of the connected boys. Yes, they so, are so much fun. Um, yeah, things have been good. Been big business breakfast club has been growing. We had one hundred and thirty um, in 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 uh, May, which was amazing at the i three sixty. I've had some amazing conversations um, on the podcast over this month as well. I'm looking forward to releasing some of them episodes. We had our our top table events have been going down really well. So I'll get, we'll get 10 of our members together. It's been really, really cool. Um, we use conversation cards. We share stories. And it's really it's become quite, it's quite powerful. I love it. And it's, it's good fun. I love the stuff you do. I did attend the BBBBBBC. Got to change that If you haven't checked it out, business owners, definitely look at up. It's really nice, really friendly. It feels like kind of a, more like a social event. I think someone called it like networking cabaret, which I thought was kind of a good summary because yeah, yeah, yeah. it is definitely breakfast and a show. Yeah, it's, very, it's very light-hearted and it's good. It's good fun. But you know, we're getting some great feedback. People are really, you know, connecting, and it's a, it's a really warm environment to come. So I love connecting people, as as we both know. We talked on the first show about that, and I love the business community here and bringing them together so it's exciting to do that and, and in June we've got our, our Amex tournament which is going to be what's epic. that what's that so with Fernballs we're doing our charity tournament um, at the Amex on the pitch where they're European going to play in Europe next year the amazing I know oh it's awesome. very exciting seagulls I love it so yeah lots look, lots of really exciting stuff going on so which is which is really cool um, but look let's, let's, let's talk about um Let's talk about our topic. Our topic. So today we're going to be talking about mental health and suicide prevention. 
and we've got two great guests to come and support us in this conversation just we wanted to have as rich a conversation as we could we're also very conscious that june is pride month as well so we wanted to make sure that we were representing the lgbtqia community too so we've got the wonderful cherry bomb coming on otherwise known as johnny one of our brilliant drag queens locally who's going to share his story with us which we're really excited to hear and really supportive of and we've also got the wonderful Sam Thompson, who's the MD at Hexagon Hive, and she's involved in the Brighton leg of the Baton of Hope. Yeah. It's an amazing initiative. I mean, Sam's incredible. She she reached out to me, and we had a we had a coffee, and she caught up about the Baton of Hope and and what it's all about. It's a national campaign. Um, she's helping run um, the Brighton leg, and yeah, just talking about you know creating more spaces to be able to talk about suicide prevention and mental health which is you know again is such a such a taboo subject things that people the narrative out there is that you know people don't want to talk about they still shy away from that and i think hopefully by us sharing our experiences and and creating these platforms we're going to be able to open that conversation a little bit more i think there was a very powerful moment at the bbbc um when we were talking about baton of hope for um you know people being affected by this and saying no i'm not going to ask you to put your hands up but the chances of everyone being affected and you could just kind of feel the energy in the room as people thought of somebody that they they knew had lost yeah. they'd lost yeah yeah it is this um like i say it's one of them things i think asking for help is still seen as you know as being vulnerability and weakness and that's such a terrible narrative it's got to change that actually asking for help for me asking for help is a sign of strength and bravery and i think the more we encourage that the better it will be and hopefully help to reduce the suicide rate because it's still the biggest killer this is what uh, i find blows my mind it's the biggest killer in men under 45 is suicide in the uk that is an incredible statistic it's really shocking i was talking to a coach recently who worked specifically with men on burnout about what is this narrative specifically for men? Like, why is this affecting men so much? Why aren't men, re- why don't men reach out more? Why don't men go to the doctor more? Why don't men come out on singles nights more or out with groups like Connected Brighton more? What is it that's restricting men from being open? Mm. Is it just, you're just designed that way? Is there, does there need to be a change in kind of media or campaigns? You know, what can we do to support more men to be more open? Mm-hmm. And I think it starts with other men being open. You know, we talked about it before when we shared our fertility journeys. You know, you sharing your story has enabled one of your friends to share his story with you. And that mm-hmm. would have made a real difference. And so we're hoping, you know, sharing our stories today might also help to open some doors for people. But once you open one door, you've got to keep on opening them. So there is definitely that, you know, pay it forward in terms of, once you've heard a story, share your story. Mm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. 100% agree. I think it's, it is, it's, I think for men, especially, and I'll, I'll speak from experience, we do, it's like we wear their masks and we think like, we don't want to reach out, we don't want to talk about that because, especially for someone like myself, who I generally, I've got a smile on my face and people would see me as, you know, happy-go-lucky and, and stuff. But actually, I have, you know, I've shared with you privately and, and I've, I have openly spoke about it, but I've, I've had some tough times where, I haven't felt like that and you go out and you wear that mask because you feel like that's the image you have to portray and you wear that and and you hide behind it a little bit but actually deep down inside you you're really really struggling and actually I feel that I felt at the time by reaching out could I could I do that because actually people then wouldn't see me as that person that I was and, and I really struggled with that I sometimes think you have to worry about the loudest person and the quietest person in the room mm. Because I think they're, they're, they are the two that are struggling the most yeah. and they are asking for attention in different in different ways, in different help. But I definitely resonate with what you're saying in terms of showing your vulnerability 
I'm worrying about what the judgment will be of that vulnerability. Like, will it change people, how they look at you or how they look mm. up to you if you if you do show a weakness? Mm. I've always found there's real strength in vulnerability and that's definitely helped me on my journey, both personally and professionally, mm. to just be really open about it. But I remember being back in corporate and it was kind of post my divorce. I was a mess and I we had a course on mental health and there was a presentation up and had all these bullet points of things that you should look for in your colleagues mm. if they if they were suffering from mental health or depression and I remember just looking down this list and just being able to tick nearly every line and one of my colleagues took me for a drink after work and um he'd been in the same course and said I think you're showing signs of depression and wow. I was like I think you're right but it took her to say it to me out loud for me to really do something about it and I feel like that conversation with her just helped me lift myself back out and ask for help because someone someone had kind of sinned beyond the facade and the mask that I mm-hmm. thought I was I was putting up and so again like do check in on people if you're not sure there's that great um campaign of you know asking twice isn't it it's like are you are you okay are you really okay mm-hmm. Because the first one's easy to knock off, isn't it? But the second one's harder. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've, uh, a good f- mutual friend of ours, Jeremy Jacobs, he always asked me that. Because uh, it was a couple of, one of the first time we connected um, and, you know, I got, I got in really well with him. But every time I, he asked me, because the fir- first time he did, he asked, he said, how are you? you? Okay. And I actually was struggling a little bit. And then I went, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine, as I always do. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's, the, That's a bloke's answer, yeah, 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 yeah. especially mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Absolutely yeah, yeah. fine. Um, and... He looked at me and he was like, actually, are you okay? And and I got a little bit emotional and I was like, actually, I am struggling a little bit. And he just gave me a cuddle and reached out and I was like, and I did it and we went and had a coffee and I spoke about stuff with him and it just made me feel that so much better being able to share that. And I think it's such an important thing that you brought up there. It is, it's, it is checking in on people and it is asking twice and making sure. That, and then every time I see him now, he asks me, yeah, are you okay? Are you really okay? Are you really okay? It's real. I've had it with Connected over this journey where actually sometimes it's been quite lonely for me, mm. ironically, creating and building a community. Mm. But also you have to have boundaries in that community. And my friendship circles actually only got smaller because more and more people get into relationships. Mm. And so because obviously on social media, I, I am genuinely having a lovely time. Mm. So lots of people don't bother to check in on me because they're like, oh, we see you, you're having a great time. Yeah. But they don't see when I'm at home on a Saturday night <laughs> on my own sometimes thinking oh I'd quite like to be going out actually Cause that, that, that is the I think that is the thing social media does lot, and we all do it I'm really guilty of it and I talk about a lot about this on my podcast is that it's our highlight reels and especially when it's when it's when you're the business and it's related to the business you do put your things out there and you're and I'm similar selfies and smiling and look at what I'm doing and I'm doing all these great things which is amazing and yet actually like you say, at two o'clock in the morning when you're doing work or struggling with other bits and pieces and you maybe financially you're robbing Peter to pay Paul and those <laughs> extra pressures that come with running a business, um, actually they're, they're the struggles that then you don't post on social media and people don't see, so they assume that you're okay, but don't assume, I think. Don't assume. Yes. And I think we're actually both good at posting the opposite view of that, mm. especially for my coaching clients when I'm posting on LinkedIn and Instagram and I'm talking about you know how difficult it was and where I am now but it doesn't mean it's always perfect and Mm. I did a LinkedIn live um, after the response to the fertility post I did to just say 
you know, sometimes it's still sometimes it's still hard, and sometimes it can still bite me. Mm. And I, sometimes I'm really surprised that it can still bite me because I've done so much work on myself. But that's just like a normal part of the process and the tools that I will then bring in to help myself get through those moments. Mm. But not trying to pretend that like everything's fine because that's the worst thing you can do for people yeah. because it's not normal for everything to be fine. Yeah, I completely agree. I, similar, actually, I shared recently. Again, I always talk about the narrative around success and what that looks like, but because I, I directly relate that to my my mental health and because I know that when I really struggled when I turned 40 it was because the narrative in my head was that I haven't achieved anything I'm not successful because I was measuring it based on a financial metric so that's where I I'm probably at rock bottom I say rock bottom but I hit a really low point for me um, because of that narrative in my head and I felt it I couldn't share that at that time and I really struggled but when I did finally reach out and I did speak to people that was that big weight lifted almost off of me that I, I knew I was surrounded by people who loved me and who, who I loved and that that got me through it and I, actually then I measured my success based on the relationships I built as opposed to the the financial success and that has helped me massively get but I wouldn't have done it had I not asked for help had I not reached out and realized actually where where we are I think for men especially or not actually that's not true just for men but I think the narrative around success the pressure from society on what success looks like has a lot is related a lot to people's mental health I think yeah absolutely and and, you know previously that that pressure has been far heavier laid on on to men mm. than it has women and we are obviously breaking that slowly but surely so mm. now we're equal pressure on everybody now yeah. so that's <laughs> yeah. you know we're being equal about that at least but there's definitely that point you're saying about reaching out and I remember being part of a change a time to change champions at an old corporate job mm. and there was a guy there who'd suffered with severe depression and he was saying you know there's a difference you know there's depression and there's depression and it's a difference between like a headache and a migraine and I think what we want to say is reach out regardless whether you've got the headache or you've got the migraine it's really important Mm. that you feel that you can get the right support whether that's through your friends your family changing perspective like you did so whether that is you know looking for inspiration or motivation on online or talking to your employers or your colleagues about Mm. how you can get support and find like-minded people because like we said once you start to open the conversation people often will tell you their own stories Mm. and make you appreciate you're like you're never alone you're never the only one yeah I completely agree. I completely agree. And look, it's going to be great. I think, like I say, bringing on our our guests um, today to talk about and share their their stories, and especially, I mean, like I say, I'm I'm really supportive. Obviously, the the, the Baton of Hope initiative that that we're going to talk about with Sam, um, which is incredible. Because, like I say, that when you when you read out those statistics that I mentioned earlier about about suicide, I think it's so staggering. And actually, we've all got to get on board with this and 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 try and reduce that it's got it's got to be our goal surely absolutely well let's welcome our brilliant guests if you've just tuned in you're listening to the brighton business show on radio reverb 97.2 fm amazing so a big welcome to our wonderful guest today we've got sam thompson md of hexagon hive representing the baton of hope uk welcome welcome sam thank you very much we also have the wonderful jonathan saltus monroe otherwise known as cherry bomb (laughs) welcome johnny thank you so for our listeners can you just tell us a little bit about yourself yeah sure so I'm Sam from Hexagon Hive, which is a company supporting businesses to be great places to work. So, yeah, really helping them to listen to what their staff teams need, training, audits, looking at what they've got in place already and mentoring to support so that companies can be yeah, really excelling and great places to really support their teams and giving them all that they need. Fantastic. 
And then I'm also here because of the Baton of Hope, which is an organisation which is the largest UK um, initiative to prevent suicide and raise awareness as well. And it's a really exciting um, initiative because it's going to 12 towns and cities across the UK and it's coming to Brighton on the 5th of July. And it's, if you think, Baton relay in terms of like an Olympic torch relay. Um, So all the people who are holding the baton will have been impacted by suicide, either by losing a loved one or through lived experience. And it's giving them an opportunity to to remember that person. And it's about the hope that passing on that, yeah, passing the, the baton between people and having hope to support everybody so that we all know that there's hope and there's things that we can do when when we need to when we need that time such an important initiative mm. isn't it oh yeah no, it's and just being visible that, yeah that's the other point isn't it too because it's it feels like something that we don't talk about in terms of it being a, t- a taboo there's so there's everyone has had some impact of suicide in their life in one in one way or another and i think that's what we're finding is that yeah everybody we know that everybody is impacted in some way and by sharing about the baton of hope you're hearing more and more stories and it's suicide doesn't discriminate it affects everybody Mm. and there's things that we can do to make sure that everybody is supported brilliant thanks sam thank you and johnny yes so um i guess my day career for the last 15 years has been in fashion so i've worked um i initially worked in burberry and then Geeves and hawks and uh kind of forged that path through various um, areas Um, and I also have created um, the character Cherry Bomb (laughs) as my drag emerging drag career so I've been doing that for the last I guess it started over lockdown as a little bit of a kind of thing for friends and family and it kind of escalated from there and I'm now yeah gigging all over the gigging all over the city and beyond um, no, you say emerging years. drag career. You're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Doing so well. She is. She's like, uh, she's an unstoppable force. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited because I'm getting to see Cherry Bomb with my mum on the drag bus. So you do the drag bus, the Regency yeah. bus around the city Oh, as she well. gets a bus. She does a bus. Yeah, <laughs> she, does the, she does the drag bus, which is way too early to be in drag in the morning. But um, but it's, yeah, it's really, really fun. It starts, starts at, at 11. 11 a.m., wow. yeah. Nice. So... Imagine when I have to get into makeup for. <laughs> not that I wear much makeup. I wear a little bit of lipstick and. Um, you look and incredible. Some mascara. <laughs> no, it is kilos of makeup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we start at eleven, and yeah, it's a monthly thing now. So it's 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 the campus thing. I think you can imagine on wheels, <laughs> a double decker re- original Regency Routemaster bus with me on it. Um, and yeah, we do also. I mean, there's all sorts of other things. We do a seventies night groovy train and things like that, and gig everywhere. So it's it's. Yeah, it's been a fun ride for the last two years, and it's actually been a lot of levity during quite a, a difficult, um, a difficult time, I think, for everyone over the last few years. It's good to spread some joy, isn't it, when mm, there's a lot going exactly. on? Exactly, amazing, amazing. Well, look, we're obviously, as as Lindsay mentioned, the taboo subject we want to talk about today, mm-hmm. obviously, is mental health. Um, and I just want to come to you, Sam, really, and just talk about there's there's obviously a stigma, I think around mental health and talking about it openly and 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 honestly and especially around suicide prevention as well so just like give us a little bit of an insight i guess what i guess people can do do you think as individuals institutions and work together to sort of challenge that stigma yeah sure so stigma there's obviously two types of stigma one is social stigma which is everybody's opinions you know or different 
parts mm. of society's opinions. And then it's also self-stigma. And both of those combined yeah, don't help anybody. So it's all about, right, what can we do to for that stigma to be broken? And you know, more and more people are talking about mental health now, which is really helping you know it's really helping but there's still more that we can do so firstly it's about being open and honest and sharing stories so I think for people within organizations actually having a culture of openness and support so actually just noticing having those conversations you see somebody's looking stressed actually just ask them it's really simple is it is everything okay you know and just finding out and then acting on it as well so there's things that happen within organizations there's always busy times stressful times but it's like noticing what are those factors that are causing stress and what can be done to to Yeah. yeah to make the change and it's listening you know if we're all listening supportive being kind I think kindness my gosh, it's it's underrated. But people, if if everybody goes into work with kindness as part of their central, you know, their central being, you know, offering somebody a coffee, offering to help, you know, that just changes how people feel. And if you've got a supportive workplace, people will stay with you. Mm. You'll recruit new people. You'll have a culture where people want to be part of that. And it's yeah, it's powerful. And if you're giving people, um, you know they know that they've got there's allowances that can be made so people don't necessarily take it so just knowing for example years ago I used to run a um, large childcare organization and one of our team she had um, she was going through the menopause she couldn't get through the night without having an awful night's sleep and so we had this thing in place where she could ring in and say I've had you know she could just text say I'm going to be a bit in a bit later mm. That was put in place. She never used it, but that feeling of support made the difference. So people, they only use what they need to use. Um, but yeah, just having that culture of support. So I guess that's like a just knowing it's there is almost like a comfort, blanket, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. To be able to to do that. And have you, do you feel like do you feel there's been a shift since since sort of lockdown as well about people being a little, especially around mental health, people being a little bit more open and honest? Because I think for me certainly, yeah through lockdown business especially within the business community I was definitely one of them people that was guilty when you're out and about networking or online social media and oh that's things oh yeah yeah great so busy so busy yeah but that was my answer to everything and actually I run events companies so during lockdown it was impossible to go to Zoom that's things yeah yeah terrific it was obviously terrible I, I was able to actually for the first time be a little bit more honest and authentic certainly changed my how I portrayed myself a little bit more and I was opened up a little bit yeah. more around that. Um, have you seen that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. Workplaces and yeah. And I think, yeah, going through, we all went through lockdown yeah. <laughs> and all had different experiences and mm. it's that thing of, yeah, people were saying, they were answering honestly and I think that we can all mask as well how we're feeling and that mm. exactly as you say, yeah, I'm busy and that seemed to be I completely agree with you. I used to be the same, saying, "Oh yeah, really busy," and thinking that was a good thing. Mm. And it's um, yeah. What are the important things? Well, we wear, we wear it as a badge of honour. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sometimes. yeah. And I think people still do it in the mm. in the business. Yeah, yeah. 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 I have to chicken me myself sometimes. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it it's definitely happens in I guess in entertainment, but in in 
in the drag industry, you're always, yeah, booked and blessed, booked and blessed. <laughs> and it's, like, it's one of those things, it is that cover and that, and you say about masking, and it's it's like, it is that thing of of wanting to translate success, I guess. And you want, you, we've all been kind of brought up with that notion of being successful as being busy and being, if you're not busy, then, I mean, I know from my upbringing, if you're not busy, you're not doing something right. You yeah. know, you need to be doing something. So there is that constant need for success, busyness, like all of that, which which ultimately, if you're not in the right headspace, adds up to something quite catastrophic. Yeah. It, can, it can really be damaging. So. Absolutely. I think kind of the pressure to, to mm-hmm. be successful and like the human condition is to always want more yeah. and to not be not to sit yeah. in the present and be happy with what yes. you've got. Yeah. I think that point about COVID was really interesting because we've all had our different experiences and it was the, the same storm, but different boats. Yeah. So at first we're like, we're all in the same boat. And it's like, actually, we're no, not we're in the not. same yeah. boat. Yeah. <laughs> some of us are in yachts and some yeah. of us are in like dinghies. <laughs> this, we are not yeah. having the same yeah. experience. And I think that did help to just open up conversations but I definitely noticed going through that transition from being in an office to being online where you couldn't notice those people that were a bit down anymore because they weren't necessarily turning their cameras on when I first I was doing a consulting job and I went on a call and everyone had their cameras off I was like this is awful put your camera on because you can't see how people are doing whereas when you were in an office and you could look around and somebody was a bit out of sorts it was easy to pick them off and take them to the cafe and check so it's how do we work with that new hybrid working sound in terms of spotting those trends it's about communication so it's all about having those conversations and exactly that one if you're having a zoom call if you notice something pick the phone up afterwards and just say are you okay um and just i noticed this um yeah so it's what you notice so i think when you're having starting a conversation it's right say what you've noticed you're not making a judgment you're saying what i've noticed and how you know how did that make you feel or whatever it is that you're asking that you've noticed you ask a question around it and it is it's all just you know one conversation can you know make somebody feel very different about their day and it can even you know obviously save a life mm. most importantly but yeah I think it is noticing those signs um and doing something at that time so not just thinking oh they're a bit off mm. <laughs> it's like yeah. have that really conversation at that time uh, and it takes you know it can take two minutes but that will change somebody's day and how they're going to carry on working through that day and you know that then has an impact on you know this whole thing of people oh I haven't got time to have a conversation with somebody to see how they are actually those two minutes will completely change how they're going to go on and work through the rest of their day the difference when you really see and hear somebody or you feel seen yes. and, you, and you feel heard yeah. makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yes. And especially the different challenges in, in different parts of the community. So specifically sort of LGBTQIA, the different challenges there in terms of mental health and what we can do to support. What's been your experience? I mean, I guess obviously there's, there's the obvious ones of um, I think a lot of people, queer, a lot of queer people will um, resonate with the feeling of not belonging and having that kind of issue from the start from when you grew up knowing that you're different from from either your family or your friends or and a lot of that a lot of that involves the shame because we're we're sort of told to be a certain way a certain gender a certain expression a certain um like this like the right people you know um and i think for me that was definitely and not i'm i mean i i'm very lucky and i realize my my privileged I, I grew up in a family that were very welcoming and very respectful and very understanding um, and a lot of people don't have that but I think that regardless of that y- 
you have your own issues and your own struggles within yourself on what that means and what the impact it is is on you and i think that embeds in a lot of us that kind of underlying shame and underlying kind of second voice that tells you that's who you are that's what you are so i think that regardless of what you do whenever you become an adult and i think we all think when we're an, ad- an adult we've sorted through stuff and we have actually <laughs> we actually <laughs> oh, no. definitely have uh, not. how we laugh and so now is like a, a 37 year old queer person who's um you know working through a lot of uh, a lot of issues that are definitely born much earlier on i think it is that thing of being supported talking to your friends and the flip side of it is, as a queer community, we do generally have the sense of community that we have people that we can go to and we have friends. And usually we've formed our own friend network, our own chosen family, which um, which is said a lot, but it's so important because a lot of times people say that your family are everything and your family are who you can go to. And actually for most of the queer community, it's it's not, in the majority of cases, it's not that. It's, it's your network of friends who you've found who build you up and support you and support you in during your dark times and, and you know, during your, your good times as well. So, yeah, I think my work-related situation is, not, is probably, I've been very lucky that, I mean, working in the fashion industry, there's not a huge amount of, uh, there is, there are a huge, huge amount of queer people in there and uh, I don't think I've ever felt sort of um, any resistance that side, but I think there is that thing of, of supporting people as they are specifically, especially our trans brothers, sisters, and um, the non-binary community, I think that's that's a huge thing within workplaces. And I, I think for a long time we talked about masking. I think I masked as a kind of um, heteronormative kind of. I was never closeted at work, but like that kind of what people think I should be as a as a man in a mm. in a workplace, you know, mm. <laughs> which which is an odd thing to me now because the the I think that's fueled a lot of the man thing for me it's like I don't resonate with that at all but that's what I pretended to be for work I guess that's really interesting cause I, I, I interviewed um, Sam Murphy on yeah. here um, on, my, on one of my podcasts and he mentioned about that like initially um, how cause he's in mortgages got runs a company called mm. mortgage, mortgage Medics and he said initially how he would not not shy away from it but he didn't I uh, wasn't open mm-hmm. about being queer and yet actually realised that it was become a superpower being different was actually mm. a superpower and now he's embraced that now and um, much more openly and, mm. and, and honestly and like you say that I think that's a really powerful message isn't it that, uh, that it is a superpower I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm recognising that mm. Also your point around your chosen family. So I just interviewed my mum on the Connected Brighton podcast because if I am like I am because of growing up in a foster home, our house was a foster home. And also my mum had grown up in the queer community in London. And so when she came to Brighton, all my gay uncles, my fairy godfather, they were always turning up with boyfriends in chaps and you name it, it happened in our house. Our house is often called the pub from Star Wars because you didn't know what you were going to find. And then, like, it was, yeah, and it, for me it was an amazing, so I've never known, I, to me there's, is humans and you should look after everybody you know there's one race and that's the human race Mm -hmm. and that's how we were very much brought up and so to me it's all that's always been the way but we've we chose each other in that family you know as soon as you cross the threshold in our house you're Mm -hmm. part of the gang you know Mm -hmm. put the kettle on let's have a chat and that's how it's that's how it's always been and we had a friend on the podcast as well who was saying that my mom's house is a real sanctuary and and continues to be a real sanctuary for people because that's where they can feel safe and be themselves Mm -hmm. but finding those people in your life is really important whether that's in or outside of the workplace Mm -hmm. and it's how can we support people in finding those social structures Mm -hmm. that make such a difference from the inside out Mm -hmm. 
it's, yeah. it's definitely like, as I find that really fascinating actually and and obviously what what you said as well like, I, so I've, I've spoke a few times about I've obviously got twins and one of my my, my son still are, still identifies as he but he's very very gender fluid so mm. he'd go to school one day like he did today in trousers and a jumper and his hair tied back tomorrow he'd go in a gingham dress and pigtails <laughs> and he just and but he's been like that since he was two mm. like since he was old enough to point and go mm. I want to wear that sparkly dress mm -hmm. and I'm a bloke who's grown up in Dagenham um, and trying to get my mindset. I've always liked to think I've been really open-minded, but mm -hmm. he's taken me to a different level of that. And it's been magical to watch it. this beautiful human being, uh, eight years old now, mm. actually change my life and, and in such a positive way and make me even more open-minded mm. to, to do that. And it's interesting to you talk about that and choosing your families and, and how that is. But mm. I can imagine within that, community like you say there are some people that maybe not as open-minded that do go through them struggles for that mm -hmm. and it's a muscle that we're all learning isn't it i think especially mm -hmm. trans has been brilliant the last five years like watching that shift in brighton to me mm -hmm. has yeah. been has been incredible mm -hmm. and in terms of supporting people's mental health and, and preventing suicide the fact that we can't you can now do what you i mean i think brighton's always been a bit like that yeah. mm -hmm. or it's felt like that being a brightonian anyway like nothing can ever yeah. surprise me but i've just loved this, that seeing that literal transition between people being able to truly live that kind of cross-gender profile mm -hmm. has been has been incredible yeah. mm -hmm. you're listening to the brighton business show on radio reverb 97.2 fm but I guess, I guess the other thing, I mean, we, we talked about um, in, in the intro, and I say about the staggering statistic around, like, the biggest killer in men under 45 is suicide. But I know, like, as well, within the, especially in the trans community mm -hmm. as well, how much, like, the figures that are there are just mm -hmm. staggering. I guess uh, it's trying to, back to the point of what why we're here and what we want to try and yep. achieve and from yep. the banner of hope, and obviously having both of you on, is actually to just normalise the conversation around mental health and actually just being able to speak openly and honestly about it. It's got to be the, the most important thing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, 6,000 people, over 6,000 people every year that die by suicide. Mm. That's 17 people every day um, who, yeah, who are dying. And as you say, it's under 45, biggest killer of men. It's under 35, it's men and women as well. So it's, yeah, it's staggering statistics. And, yeah, there is there is hope there are things mm. that can be done to to support everybody and the charity was set up by two dads who'd both lost their sons to they both died by suicide and they wanted to, to make a difference and Mike McCarthy is one of the founders and Steve Philip is the other founder Mike is a BBC or he was former BBC Sky news presenter and his when his son um, left a note saying he wanted to make sure nobody else went through went through this, and that was what inspired them to to make sure that they made wow. made a difference for other people. And it's incredible that one idea that they had. I don't know if it was over <laughs> over a beer in the pub, but they had this one idea, and the way that it spread is incredible. So their idea was to have the baton passing between. Everybody around the country, so 12 cities in 12 days, and yeah, that message. And within each of those towns and cities, having events, so bringing people together and sharing stories of hope, uh, entertainment, so that people are, yeah, hearing from different people who've been impacted, but knowing that there's always, there's always somebody that you can talk to. So just start the conversation. So either you, if you notice somebody, 
isn't okay, then speak to them. But also, if you're not feeling okay, seek, mm. reach out. So, yeah, it's okay not to be okay. It's mm. not okay not to ask for help. That's the bit. It's about asking, asking for help and seeking help. And it doesn't, you know, we know, we all know that GPs, mental health services are really stretched. But there is always somebody that you can speak to. So whether it's a friend, family member, colleague, um, or you know, Samaritans are always there. One one six, one two three. They are always there for if anybody needs to. And it, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to call the Samaritans when you're feeling desperate. Mm. You know, at, you know, because I think people think you would associate Samaritans is that you have to be at that point. Mm. Um, but you don't have to speak to them earlier. And I think that's with everything as well, is the sooner people get help, the the better. So I always use an analogy that, you know, when you go for a walk and you go down into a deep valley, the further down you go, the harder it is to climb back up. Actually, if people are seeking help sort of when they're at the top, about to fall down, that's going to be quicker to get back up. And even before that, doing things to support mental well-being when you're you know when you're on the when you're on the flat do things to support your own mental health and well-being so that you're not getting to that that place i think that's the key message isn't it it's, it's prevention prevention that's the main, the yeah main, main thing isn't it but yeah. we can only achieve prevention if we recognize those signs early yes. by whether it's colleagues in the workplace yeah. are actually reaching out and asking someone to help yeah. you mentioned it earlier Lindsay, saying about actually asking someone if they're okay but then going are you really okay yeah and actually asking that second time sometimes yes. is really, really important yeah. to really delve deep and go, because we can yeah. easily wear, as you mentioned about wearing a mask, we can easily do that. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, I'm fine. That's that. That's my initial reaction yes. to everything. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. But maybe not. Yeah. That, I mean, it does really resonate with me, a few things that you said, because um, there is definitely that thing of saying you're okay, and I think people say it's okay not to be okay a lot, yeah. and that's... It's tricky because that's almost become just something people say again. Yeah. Um, when actually, I mean, I've I've done it actively where I don't just say I'm okay. And actually, a group of my friends, I mean, sadly, but actually quite beautifully, are going through quite difficult times mm. um, at, for various reasons and to varying degrees with our with our mental health and um, and the whole thing of almost building a community a community within that of what our coping coping mechanisms yeah. are, what our ways to get back from the dark times are. Um, and I think what you were saying about the GP services, I, I myself a couple of, a few years ago, whenever I was still coming to terms with, because naively before I struggled with my mental health. I mean, and that is something to say. We all struggle with mental health. Yeah. It's not people have mental health and people yeah. don't. We all, mental health and physical health. <laughs> yeah. um, but when I started to struggle with my mental health, and I naively didn't realize the physical impacts it has on yeah. your body. Um, obviously, I'm very acutely aware of them now, but. Um, my logical side of my brain kind of went into there is something wrong with me so when i was in those moments of feeling like genuinely like i was shutting down like yeah. i was dying um and i sort of it started with mer emergency medical help so a and e and then you get checked and you go through i'm sure a lot of people have been through this yeah. you go to a and e and then you feel stupid afterwards because you're like well i wasn't dying i was just having an anxiety attack or i was in the middle yeah. of a, a a spiral or um but i did go to a gp at one point it was it was a pretty dark time um but i also had a chest infection or something and my uh, my dog had just passed away um and i went to the gp and i was obviously completely numb at the early stages of knowing anything about what mental health how it could affect you went into the gp and um was told sort of when i first said uh 
he, he looked at me and said, oh, you don't, I was obviously very numb. I was very kind of, you know, non-responsive. And when he asked me, are you okay? You don't, your blood pressure is really low, but you seem, uh, your blood pressure is really high, but you seem very calm. And I said, well, I don't know. And then he, he sort of asked me a few questions, which culminated in me saying that I was struggling. And he said, well, we don't have time to talk about mental health today, but book another session. Oh, my God. So, so he gave me antibiotics for the chest infection, but yeah. told me to book another session. Which, I mean, looking back on it, I kind of, I just did. I booked another session and then had it with him the week after, I think. And during that, he told me that a lot of the issues I was having were because of anxiety and stress. So I should try some calming techniques. And he told me to rub my legs and do things like that but that was the height of it like that was the height of what he said and I get it I get like other people have different experiences but I guess my point is and friends have said this as well don't treat your first experience with a GP or with a medical professional as your only experience if you don't get the right answers and you don't come away feeling that you've benefited or you've got a clear plan try again and talk to other people and talk because I think there's a fear of people do get dismissed a lot and yeah. people I think mental health issues get dismissed either by yourself or by other people I think people really minimize it and I definitely minimized it until it got to the point where I was on my way down the valley yeah. <laughs> as yes. you said yeah. and I'm really lucky and I'm really privileged to have a very supportive husband um, for the past 20 years and he's become really good at spotting the signs and yeah. he's really good at being a support but I think I would just say, make sure that you're looking for that, whether it is in a workplace or in a personal environment, find that person who's your support, who's who can see those things and help you through. That's really good advice because to your point, we're in this like happiness industry, mm, exactly. thanks to social media, mm. where everything yeah. is kind of look, look glossy, look mm -hmm. good, smack a smile on it, pull your socks up. And actually the best thing you can do is fall apart because then you can then you can rebuild. Yeah. And to notice those physical signs is also really, really important because the damage that stress can do yeah. to your body yeah. is phenomenal yeah i think also the kind of thing of um talking about it like I, at all my shows i make an effort to, to mention it at least once and even if it's in kind of a tongue-in-cheek where i do the Norris barkley song maybe i'm crazy and and i always talk about i always say talk to me and people have talked to me and come up at, um, at shows and although that's not you know the setting that maybe it should be um discussed in just having someone say it and yeah. actually recognizing my own power I guess being on stage and and being with people and being able to lift their mood mm -hmm. um I think it's been really helpful for people to hear that actually behind that you struggle like there, there are still struggles it's just that I'm having that time to try and entertain and try and bring people together yeah. sort of thing so um I've I've really recognized the the ability to do that to share that story and to and to have people come and private message me and say I really like that you mentioned that and um and yeah that that's been really lovely because it is, to your point earlier, Sam, like to normalize, to normalize mental exactly. health. Like you said, yeah. we do have physical health, we have mental health. Can we just normalize that both of those can go can go up and down? And you'll be triggered by different things depending on what's happened to you. We talked about child, both childhoods earlier. Mm. You know, you don't know what's always going to bite you. Mm. And it's knowing where you can go to get that support and recognizing yourself or having the right people around you mm. that recognize it in you first. In our intro, I was saying to Sam about having a, a course at work about mental health and it was talking about depression and I, and I could tick all the things they told you to look out for in other people yeah. and it took a colleague to say to me I think you're displaying all these for me to see it in myself and then be able to kind of pull myself out the valley to your yeah. point but it was that person that cared about me enough to say hang on a minute chick I think mm -hmm. we need to keep an eye on you yeah. that I, you know I was worried for myself at that point that I could see that it would be easy for me to spiral if I didn't stop but we need to share our personal stories yeah. to keep 
as, as you've done, are using our platforms for good, which is why we were so passionate about getting both of you on here today so that we can help to just break down some of these walls. 100%. I think it's a, it's a, it was amazing to hear you talk like that in the sense, especially being on stage. Like you said, with a, with a social media, because that's a platform for a lot of us. Yours is a stage as well where you're... And, and you're able to go on there and actually because social media becomes a highlight reel for a lot of people where yeah. I've said it on the intro we're all guilty of it yeah 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 there's me uh, you know myself here and I'm smiling and everything's great and mm. we're having a great time and actually deep down we are struggling I think as long as the mixture of the messages out there is that actually yeah this is great and I am having a good time and I'm celebrating that that's fantastic but actually yeah. this has happened in the past and I do, or yeah. this is happening now and I do feel that and being able to do as you've done on stage yeah. and actually then it encourages people to go oh, yeah. I can go and speak to that person no, it definitely does I mean the last post um, I did a couple of weeks ago and I've kind of I have a love-hate relationship with social media for those reasons but as an entertainer you have to I mean yeah. I'm rarely on my boy boy my other profile um, I'm always on the cherry bomb one but the last post I did was was literally after I'd had a, a collapse like I'd, I'd literally um had a uh, fainted and then had an episode after and it was terrifying I mean it was genuinely terrifying and to me it, it kind of became because I had kind of gigs I think a week later after I'd spent literally the week in darkness really um, I got to the point where I was like if I'm not, if I don't say anything about this, I'm actively hiding it, and I'm actively going to go to a gig this weekend and pretend that everything's fine. And actually, I've just had a pretty catastrophic yeah. mental um, episode, and so I spoke about it and I, I did a post. And I think for me, this is the tricky part because I think a lot of people will, will resonate with the fact that you find it you, you're a little bit guilty to, or, or you're a little bit shameful to talk about it. Not not the shame of it, more. You don't want pity. You don't want you, you don't want it to be sort of seen as something that it's not. It's genuinely just sharing your experience and hoping that it can help someone else who's maybe thinks that they're fine most of the time, and then there's just this blip, and then they they just treat it as a blip when actually it's something that you need to deal with and it's something you need to to talk about. And I had so many so many responses from that that it actually I mean it, <laughs> it broke my heart. I was like oh. wow, and and actually it it helped because to see so many other people struggling at different levels it was just I mean it was lovely it was it was nice to be able to create that I'll take something with a lot from that what you're saying because I, I, I think one of the stigmas for me that I, I struggled initially talking about my mental health problem because I'm seen as quite a happy-go-lucky person positivity is a big Same. thing for me so my, one of my core values I love positive people I surround myself with positive people so I didn't want to be seen as that negative person mm. So I didn't. I stopped answering the phone to friends because I thought I don't. I feel crap. Mm. I don't want to answer the phone and go. Oh yeah, I'll, and be one of them people that's negative. But I think what I've taken from what you're saying, so it's okay. It's just a blip. Doesn't mean I'm not a mm. positive person. Doesn't mean I've changed all my values and now no. I'm a negative person. It just means I'm having a blip. No, and that's okay to recognise that. But that's what's that's what's amazing because actually it's not about. I think there is this binary of like in in most things in in the world. Um, we've created this binary because it's easier, but it's not just being a positive person or a negative person it's having it's recognizing that the people you see as negative maybe are going through a tough time and actually whenever I, whenever that did happen to me like the positivity is it's still there i'm still i am who i am and actually most people who call themselves a positive person are probably the ones that struggle the most because they only show you the positive side and then whenever you get home or whenever you're doing whenever you're going through a struggle it's really dark because as high as the highs are 
as low as the lows are. And that's what I've kind of realized, balancing and recognizing when I'm feeling motivated and positive and using that energy and then recognizing the days when I'm under the cloud, I can't do anything, I can't see anyone, but it will pass, like understanding that. I think that's the thing as well, is a, a bad day doesn't equal a bad life. I think that was Leon, Leon Taylor said that on yeah. one of your podcasts. And I think that that's really true. It's like, this is, mm-hmm. this is how I'm feeling now in this moment, but tomorrow I will feel different. And to quote Ronan Keating, life is a roller coaster. And sometimes you have a longer bit on the down. Um, but then, you know, and it's, it's ups and downs and it's, it's about, yeah, I suppose riding Mm-hmm. riding it through but yeah getting the support to in those moments so that yeah. yeah and doing things to help yourself I think it's really key and reach, reaching out to other people is yeah it's obviously the key connection we you know we all need connection and that connecting with other people just and you by you sharing you know you're connecting with other people mm-hmm. which is enabling them to share as well which is brilliant so I'm just thinking about in the workplace things that I know that have helped having you know time to change champions in the workplace who hold safe spaces to be able to talk openly about mental health proud networks across different organizations obviously both of these will be called different things in different places what else Sam can businesses of all sizes be doing to support their employees so I think just regular check-ins so whether it's structured in that you're having like a weekly meeting individual and as part of it you ju- you're not just talking about work you, you find out how their how their week's going um yeah so i think that firstly having time to connect so whether it is you know getting people to come together um doesn't have to be an evening out it can just be right we're gonna bring cakes in or what this is what we're doing today so having time so everybody stops and just talks about their personal life as well because yeah that connection part is is key and people will want to yeah keep coming back to work and being part of that community um what else is there so yeah having that feeling of openness that people are sharing um workplace so your culture so it's really looking at what the culture is and what policies and practices in place as well so is it okay for people to have a duvet day you know that's a it's a very australian thing but it is more here as well but yeah that thing of i just need to today I'm I'm not going to phone in sick and say that I've got a cold I'm just going to say that today I'm yeah I'm just feeling like I can't come in today and then you know people only take these things when they really really need it I think there's that people might think oh people are going to take take the mickey and abuse these things that are put in place but if you've got the support there time to you know if you've got bereavement from a pet as well it's like actually just have those things in place that people can just take time um yeah and it's considering every aspect of your business what can you do to be better what can you do to to support each other and having that culture so that your team are aware there's no training so that people are all aware of signs to look out for in themselves and others um yeah and how to start and have those conversations and where to signpost as well so where can people get help and i think within organizations we talked about this before we came came on which is about the you know a lot of organizations already have in place some um employee support programs where you actually get the mental health you can speak to a counselor mm. telephone support and it's like just find out have you got that sometimes it's part of your insurance your general insurance policy 
but that is really key instead of waiting for to get a gp appointment to then get be put on the counseling service waiting list actually is there something within the workplace if you haven't got that already then look at it it's really not very much per employee Mm. to put that in place and it can make the difference and a lot of them support family members as well and if you're if a family member's impacting you one person if somebody's mental health is in crisis it doesn't just affect that person it affects their family members their friends their colleagues so it's all about right the more that can be done to support Mm -hmm. that one person it affects everybody it's people you meet in the street road rage Mm -hmm. it's yeah we all just need to help each other and to be kind and be kind yes we're just running out of time but we'd love to to kind of end on where can where can people find you sam and and to follow the baton of hope yeah so the baton of hope is baton of hope uk.org and yeah it's coming to brighton on the 5th of july and if you yeah, look on there you'll be able to see all the events that are planned through the day so there is a business breakfast at rockwater starting in the morning and then amazingly we're ending the day at the dome with a big <laughs> big event in the concert hall there so yeah so it's looking out seeing what's what's available there and then for hexagon hive it's hexagonhive.co.uk brilliant thank you and Johnny, where can we find you? You can find me on the streets of Brighton at any <laughs> given hour. <laughs> you can get me uh, on that bus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can find me on Everybody a bus on at bus. eleven a.m. on this Saturday. Uh, you can find me on my socials. So I'm at Call Me Cherry Bomb um, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm dabbling with TikTok, but I'm avoiding it as much as possible. Um, and yeah, if you check on my socials, you can see where where my gigs are. I do all sorts of fun things and I'm available for private hire too booked and blessed booked and blessed <laughs> thank you both so much amazing oh, it's been great thank you guys thank you really appreciate it brilliant Lindsay Sam wow I'm really kind of blown away by that interview with those wonderful human beings it was actually really emotional for everybody mm. and really powerful they were both so open and honest and I think it was just, yeah, I, was, I feel the same. I was just blown away by it. But, um, tell me some. I mean, there's so many takeaways. So I don't think we've got, we've got another I hour know. episode to we talk about. The big ones I would say to everybody is if you're in the workplace, to just communicate with each other, check in with each other, be kind, make sure as an employer that you have got some kind of social activity, especially if you've got hybrid working, Mm -hmm. so that you can see everybody because it can be difficult for people who are at home to just really understand how people are. Just to individuals, remember that it's safe to be authentic and it's safe to be vulnerable. Make sure that you're sharing your stories because sharing your story will enable others to open their story to you. I think that's really important. And again, for businesses, think about your culture and your training and how you can signpost people to support. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there was so many. I mean, for me, two, two really key things I think I just wanted to mention is one, actually, wherever you are, whatever position you're in at that moment, just remember that the storm will pass. I think that's something really key that I want to want to take away. And actually, the main thing as well, just changing that narrative around asking for help is so important just ask for help because there is help out there whether it's in work or at home or within your own communities um ask for help is so important definitely and you can always reach out to us my name is Lindsay clay you can find me on linkedin or connect to brighton www.connect to brighton.com or at connect to brighton on instagram 
or you can find me, Sam Thomas, I am um, on LinkedIn as well, or at countybusinessclubs.co.uk. Um, reach out. Reach out, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Radio Reverb. Radio Reverb. Join me, Richard Sheldrake, for the Modern Rock Show here on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. I'll be playing two hours of the best of rock releases, gems from tracks sent in by artists from in and around Brighton, as well as some classics thrown in just to keep us honest. I'll bring you artist interviews as well as organising live sessions and events featuring local talent. So, dial me up on Wednesdays at 6pm with repeats on Saturday at 7am and Tuesdays at 2pm and midnight. You know it makes sense.
RadioReverb.com. RadioReverb.com. Where you can check out our shows and presenters, find out about our events, and about how you can support us and donate some cash. I've seen it and I'm convinced. RadioReverb.com. RadioReverb.com. The place to find out more about Brighton's best radio station. Best radio station.